you when you need to know what's happening, it's 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 time to get in the huddle with Carl Duke, Brian Baldinger, and Jason Lacanfora. Eagles come back in the second half. They don't allow the Chiefs to score in the second half. It was 17, and then they didn't do anything else the rest of the game. And I thought this was a, a gutsy win by the, the Philadelphia Eagles last night. Sure. Absolutely. Um, it just, I think, speaks to their uh, their their maturity, their uh, ability to handle game situations and find ways to win from uh, the quarterback throughout their roster to their coaching staff. They, nobody panicked. Nobody got, um, you know, crazy on either side of the ball. They just continued to, to make little tweaks. Uh, it was a huge, in so much as a regular season game can be, another huge feather in Howie Roseman's cap. I mean, you're talking about the Bayard trade where they were going to influence their spine before the trade deadline. Which safety were they going to get? Well, they got a safety who picked off Patrick Mahomes at Arrowhead in the end zone, right? Um, critical play in the game. It, it, the Eagles are not filling up the box score the way they were last year. We did have that three or four week stretch, right? Where AJ Brown was unstoppable, but otherwise they did it on the ground, which is really hard to do uh, against the chiefs this year. Um, they did it on the ground at a time when I think that the chiefs probably figured that's what they would try to do. And they still, you know, to keep Mahomes on the sidelines because the, the Eagles pass defense hasn't been as good this year yet. The chiefs still couldn't really, you know, have a solution for it. They activated Jalen hurts legs a bit, but nothing crazy. Certainly not the kind of option football they were playing this time a year ago. They won the fourth quarter, um, which that's they've become accustomed to doing that, right? They did it against the Cowboys just a few weeks ago. Really, really sound football operation. As for the Chiefs, the defense is their strongest side of the ball. It's not even particularly close right now. Uh, I thought the Chiefs coming off a bye would unlock something else in their pass game. It didn't happen. The Chiefs have a personnel problem catching the football. They don't have playmakers in, in, in the passing game. We've been saying it since the, the the game against the Lions week one. Not much has changed. I don't think you can expect much to change at this point. They didn't get enough at the trade deadline. They didn't address the receiver room nearly significantly enough. And the arrow is not pointing up significantly enough on any of those individuals. They can't score in the second half of games. It's become an epidemic now. It's about a month long. Um, they're still going to win a lot of games. They're still a really good team. Patrick Mahomes, any given Sunday and all that, sure. But I think we're going to find out something different about the Chiefs this year because I think the Chiefs are not going to be the one seed. I think the Chiefs are going to have to play at least some road football this year in the postseason. And that'll be a brave new horizon for this group. And, and as presently constructed, it might be their undoing. I agree. Um, last night, Mahomes held to 177 yards, passing two touchdowns. Very un-Mahomes-like kind of game. And you talked about the pick in the in the in the end zone, uh, in the red zone. Why are these guys dropping balls, Jason? Like this is this has become they are they're not very the good. Well, they're one of the top five teams in drops this season. It's not like it's the quarterback not putting the ball where it needs to be. So, I mean, you no. wonder like how is this going to play out 
in a situation where they may be in a playoff game and you get those drops that you got last night and it cost you. So, you know, now all of a sudden I'm thinking about the Chiefs in the offseason. Okay. Win or lose, Super Bowl or not, you got to go find a number one. You got Kelsey. You got to go find a number one wide receiver or maybe draft that guy if if he's available. But the way things play out, they're not going to be drafting high. So Marvin Harrison and those kinds of players are not going to be there available for you. I'm just looking at this team differently offensively. I didn't think last year the Cheetah was as big of a deal and then it didn't play out that way because they win the Super Bowl. This year I feel differently. Well, Carl, on number one, how about a number two? I mean, how about a, an outside <laughs> receiver who would start on the majority of the 32 teams in the league? Like, let's let's start there, right? Like, they don't have that guy. Rice isn't that guy. Uh, Scantling isn't that guy. Kadarius Tony isn't that guy. No. Um, Sky Moore isn't that guy. We can do a long list of dudes who aren't that guy. You know, or a real second move tight end. Like he, you know, he's all right. Don't agree he's all right. But like, if they if 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 they had a a a, a proven bona fide second move tight end who would start on most other teams, right? Then I would even buy them being able to just shred people in twelve personnel. Like we, we've seen teams do that in the past. We had you know New England right with the Gronk and Hernandez thing. Like they don't they don't even have that. Like. Yeah, it's it's not um, you know Mahomes can only do so much, and they they drop easy ones that are lobbed into their um, hands in the screen game. They drop comebackers that hit them in the numbers in the intermediate game, and they drop go routes that are placed right. I mean, right in their catch radius while they're in full stride, fifty yards downfield. They drop them at all three levels. Um, I mean, I don't know if Andy Reid just simplifies it and gets some of these guys off the field, and and he does just trust the twelve personnel more than the eleven, and you know, it's it's more even you know it's more Jarek McKinnon, like he might streamline it down to two backs and two tight ends and and two wide receivers, like that might be the answer because running all these different guys out there, you know, you're getting twenty five percent timeshare on routes run, you're getting fifteen, you're getting thirty, like. It doesn't make I sense. don't. I don't think that's going to work. None of these guys are 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 good enough. So we'll see. But see, that's what I kind of thought we were going to see last night. You know, I, I thought last night you were already going to see some of those changes, and I'm like, well, maybe some of that stuff might be at least a little more efficient in the red zone than what we're getting these days, uh, or to this point. Uh, but but it wasn't. They ran the ball a little better. You're looking for positives. You know, I like the way they established Pacheco early. Uh, but this offensive line is not great either. So they're vulnerable to me, brother. Like they're they're this is the this Chiefs team on the road having to play from behind. I won't be live betting them on the money line. I'll put it that way. <laughs> you know, and you're waiting for that moment and say, can you get any money on the Chiefs to win this game? Like, are they down far enough that now's when you fire that bet because Reed and Mahomes, you know, they might not cover, but they ain't losing. Yeah, it's uh, not them anymore. No, I I agree with that. And and, uh, I know Chiefs fans are are not freaking out because they're still seven and three and all of that. But 
it's the it's the details. It's the small things that allow you to win in this league, especially in the playoffs. And that's what we're talking about, guys, here. It's in the huddle. Jason Lock on four, Carl Dukes, Brian Baldinger, part of this podcast as well. Watch us at In the Huddle Pod on YouTube and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Um, guys, we're heading to, you know, week 12 uh, here in the NFL. And we're going to talk more about the Thanksgiving Day games and what's going to happen Friday. But there's a couple of things that are going on, and this just came down today. We are recording this podcast on Tuesday. Matt Canada, the offensive coordinator for the Pittsburgh Steelers, has been fired. The Steelers are 28th in points, 28th in yards, 31st in passing yards. I don't even know how they've won the games they've won. I'll be honest with you. Uh, But we've talked about this division a lot, Jason. What does this mean for the Pittsburgh Steelers moving forward? Um, not sure if if they've named the interim yet. Uh, as I said, this information is just coming I down. Think Mike but... Sullivan's, I, I, yeah, I, I think Sullivan's going to be calling plays. Um, okay, okay. Well, Carl, there's nowhere there's... to go but up. You know, there's nowhere to go but up here. This is a hopeless offense. I mean, they couldn't get you know, they couldn't get to 13 over the weekend. Um, you know, they couldn't do anything like sustainable on offense. You had you had Jalen Warren with a couple of big plays and that was it. Like like there there was they, they don't they don't have any calling cards in their passing game whatsoever. And we're, you know, heading into Thanksgiving. I mean, they averaged sixteen point six points a game. Like you mentioned some of the yardage woes. I mean, they're also twenty fifth on third down and twenty fifth in the red zone. Like um, and now they're running the ball. So you would think, okay, they've established the last call the right. last three weeks, 66 rushes, 371 yards, 5.6 a carry. That's fourth in the NFL in that span. Three rushing TDs. Boy, if they could just do anything at all, passing the ball. Um, but Pickett's regressed. I mean, you've got people like DeVito out there throwing more, you know, touchdowns. It, it, that that Pickett ever has in a game. And so it's come to a head. Uh, You had players, right, Najee Harris and others, starting to voice their frustration. And I think more than anything else, Mike Tomlin, knowing him, I think he took the temperature of his defense and calls in the Watts and the Haywards. And even though Minka's not playing, Minka's on the sidelines, and Minka's talking to people, Minka's really active and said, "All all right, guys. Are you about to break? Like, have you have you had enough? Do you give up on this? Do you think it's hopeless and desperate over there? Because if you do, then I'm going to try something else. Because I got to try something else because I respect what you do and what you've meant to us, and I can't lose you. And he has the kind of relationship with players where I think they can have that kind of straight talk, and, and that's what I believe has happened in that building the last 48 hours. And so – does this light a little different fire under Kenny Pickett? Does something change? Because as well as like, look at their schedule. They don't play Murderers Row, and as well as they're playing defensively now, stopping the run with Cam Hayward back, and the offensive line changes they made have got them running the ball well. It, it doesn't. It's not going to take a whole lot more for them to be back in the you know to be in the playoffs. So it was a long time coming. Um, you know they were they were really slow in activating Warren and making him the lead back. I think a lot of that's on yeah. Mac Canada, and I also wonder do they lean in a little bit more to option football principles themselves? 
and play with, you know, Pickett's, Pickett's got legs. And if he ain't throwing touchdowns, you know, then maybe it's time to play around with the mesh point with him and Warren a little bit more. Maybe it's time for a little more wildcat, you know, and I think we'll see that. Um, and I think they're going to go to Cincinnati. And I already played this game. I, I don't know if the line's going to move because of this, but I fired a few bets on it Monday night. Pittsburgh uh, minus one. I think they're going to like Mike Tomlin's not losing to DTR and and this uh, what's his name Browning the backup. Yeah, the backup. He's not losing to those yes. two guys. Take the games in back in back to back weeks. Okay, that's 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 not, that's not happening. That's not happening. I uh, I commend Mike Tomlin. Everybody uh, was calling for this to happen earlier in the season, and he was patient. It hasn't cost him yet because you said it. They still have a chance to get to the playoffs. If the, the record was worse, I think this would have happened earlier. But he kept giving him opportunities to try to get this sure. right and to make it look and feel different. And then now he's gotten to that point where it doesn't, and he's got to do something. And so we've seen now in consecutive weeks two offensive coordinators fired. The Bills fired theirs, and now the Pittsburgh Steelers have fired theirs. And I think the message is, guys, you know, at, at the end of the day, you get to this point in the season, you know, you feel like, hey, we've got a team that could compete and maybe do something, and it's just not happening. you got to make changes. Here's the deal. <coughs> Sean McDermott did what he did, and I felt that was a scapegoat move. This feels like it was a necessity. Definitely. There were two different feelings yes. about the Bills and the Steelers and the way they went about this, and, and that is why – you know what I'm saying, Jason? It feels – this feels like this was the right yes. thing to do. The Bills situation was like, wait a minute, your quarterback is screwing up. He's turning the ball over. It's his fault, but yet you're going to blame this guy and, and run him out of there. And then everybody, of course, is going crazy because the Bills scored points the other night. This feels different. I agree completely. It is different. Um, this is their core critical problem. It was the one area where you would you, you could justifiably have the most skepticism about if you were going to fade the prospect of Kenny Pickett um, developing or, or, or evolving and that offense taking off. You could make the case that Matt Canada was holding them back. Um, with the Bills, I mean – yeah, Allen threw some picks, but the coordinator in the in the heat of the moment from 40 feet above in the in the press box can't do much about that. And they had special teams meltdown, too many men on the field. That's on the coach. They had a, a stupid uh, blitz call that allowed the Broncos to set up that field goal. That's on the head coach, not the offensive coordinator. And and it was panic time, and the owner who's been a bit of a nincompoop in the past, starts sniffing around and asking questions again. So you, so you make somebody walk the plank and you give them a pound of flesh, right? That's very different than this. Um, both may prove to be relatively effective, uh, but Friar moves back, and I'm not saying he's great, but he can, you know, he, he can, he can run around, he can move. Uh, Deontay Johnson's been back there for several weeks now. And everybody, other than Jalen Warren, is languishing in that offense. You know, Pickens, he's done nothing the last four weeks. Like you, you can't have the you can't have everybody 
underachieving on one side of the ball other than, you know, in the past game. So we'll see. Again, nowhere to go but up. I do think just the change in and of itself would be a little bit of a breath of fresh air, some different ideas. Uh, and I think they're going to run it down the Bengals' throats. What do you think about now as we look at the standings in this division? Listen, Burrow goes down. We said it. They're done, right? I mean, you 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 may make a run here, but you're not going to win the Super Bowl. Um, but more importantly now – yeah, well, a five and five, and that's the thing. If the Steelers win this weekend, you're absolutely right. But but Ravens, Browns, eight and three, seven and three, Steelers, six and four. Uh but what happens in this division now? We've been talking about this division all season, Jason. And and I know again, you know, we've talked about Baltimore. Every time I get extremely excited about them and say, Hey, look at what they're doing, you say, wait a minute, they come back down to earth. Um but I still have to believe this is their division to lose, despite them losing to the Browns a couple of oh, weeks absolutely. ago, and, and despite the Browns losing or winning, uh, you know, uh, last week. Yeah. I just, I don't know. Um, I don't know if anything changes in my head, even with this Matt Canada move, is where I'm going with the Steelers potentially jumping the Browns. I don't believe that. Um, yeah, I mean the Ravens have a tough schedule ahead, but they also are coming off a Thursday game. They play the Chargers. Yes, there's a lot of travel involved, but the Chargers look like um, they're they're unraveling as much as any team in this oh. league. And their head coach is a, is a joke. Um, he's okay, let's let's right now. let's talk. So about, I don't let's think talk that about that. Gonna rally for him. Let's talk about that for a second, because for those who missed it, Brandon Staley basically went at it a reporter and basically said, "I'm going to call the defenses. Nothing's going to change. I take responsibility for the Stop loss." Stop asking you. How dare you question me, Carl? Stop questioning my play calling acumen. Didn't you see Keenan Allen drop that ball? Why are you asking me about my defense? So I am, yes, I am this great. You don't need to question it. Real quick, while we're talking about this, I think Brandon Staley, with the way things have gone, the way now that he's handling the media and attempting to control this situation, Jason, and you've seen this. You and I have been doing this a long time. You, you've you been around coaches who have tried to do this. It never goes right for him, right? And I, yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's not fired maybe after this weekend if they don't if they don't win. Yeah, I mean, look, he should have been fired after the playoff meltdown a year ago. Uh, His defense has been – he's been there three years now. The defense has been fraudulent. And they cried about injuries forever, and they can't cry about – now, I know Bosa's finally hurt, but it's week it's week 12 and your season was over. You blew it. You couldn't stop Jordan Love. Um, I, I don't know what they believe in defensively. I don't know what their overarching principles are. I mean, he's they, Aaron Jones goes down, and this guy's thumping his chest about we stopped the run. They they don't they can't run the ball to begin with, and they lost their lead back. You know, and Dylan's been beat up, and he hadn't done anything all year. Like you, you lost, you, you stopped the run. They were throwing all over you. Jordan Love threw for three hundred yards, he came back on you. Like, what are you talking about? Like, yeah, you're horrible across the board in the past game. Um. You don't rush the passer with any acumen. They've had three games where they've gotten off for like more than five sacks. The other eight, they, they suck. They don't get any pressure. Like, 
So whatever. Um, no, you can't start pointing the finger at play. Keenan Allen's been a warrior for them, played through all kinds of stuff. Like the sacrifices physically he's made and the way he's carried that offense at times throughout his career. And he has a, a moment that he'd want back. And that's where you're, you're deflect. You're don't look at me, look at him. You know, you're, you're cover my ass self-preservation. Keep giving me this paycheck, even though I never deserved it in the first place. That's where your soul goes. Like that's your character. That's who you are. And you've done nothing. You got overhired. You were hyped by the media. Your agent did a tremendous job of getting jackasses to, to carry your water. You backed it up with nothing but failure on your side of the ball. And you're throwing darts at Keenan Allen. He wouldn't have got on the plane for me, brother. But then again, he wouldn't have got on the plane home in the playoffs either. So, yeah, I, I don't think I don't think that stuff's going to rally the troops. Um, I don't either. I, I, I really don't. Uh, uh, it is Jason. Jason Lockdown. They're, they're, they're a failure defensively. They're, they're terrible, and he's he's saying I'm going to continue to call the plays and like you know don't I'm a genius. So, Jason, let's talk a little bit about the Broncos and what's been going on there before we talk about these games coming up on Thursday and Friday. Jason, they started one in five. They've won four in a row. All of a sudden now, Russell Wilson and Sean Payton look like they are coming together. And believe it or not, guys, they may challenge the Chiefs in that division now when you start talking about what could potentially happen. Jason, are you buying what you're seeing with the Broncos? I, I don't know how you can't, right? I mean, you, you, this is a league that the most important stat is wins and losses, and they're stringing wins together. It's not super sexy, but again, what is the state of offensive football in this league? It's not looking great for anybody. It's not looking great for Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. It could <laughs> turn out that the biggest win for the Kansas City Chiefs this week, I mean, this season, is the Thursday night game that they squeaked by Denver with all those field goals when they couldn't score in the red zone. Because, you know, if, if Russ completes a forward pass in that game and Denver sweeps Kansas City, we'd really be talking about this division in a different way. Remember, Denver easily could have beat Kansas City twice in three weeks. And it was that first loss to Kansas City that I think really started turning things around for them because they saw, hey, we're not that far off. There's issues with Denver. I mean, Minnesota, who can't run the ball on anybody, gouged them on the ground, right? And Denver, even during this five-week run of success, is still giving up almost five yards of rush. That's dead last in the league. Minnesota, 36 carries for 175 yards and a touchdown. Um, Denver's mm. not great. Yards per play, 27th the last five weeks. Uh, they're only 18th in yards allowed per pass. But what they're doing is turning people over turning people over in the red zone and not allowing teams to score touchdowns. Denver has allowed eight offensive touchdowns, Carl, the last five weeks. That, that you don't have, mm. have to score a whole lot when that's what you, you know, your defense has given up, you know, one, whatever, 1.3 touchdowns per game. That's pretty damn good. Um, and they're turned, like I said, they're turning people over. They've got 14 takeaways their last five weeks. Uh, that's first in the NFL. And they get uh, Dorian Thompson-Robinson in altitude in Denver on the road. Yeah, I think I think they'll turn him over, Carl. 
Uh, what I liked about this game against Minnesota was they couldn't do what they have been doing to people lately, road grading them, um, right. just handing it to Javante Williams 20 times and waiting for the levy to break. You know, Williams only carried it, uh, what, 11? They only had 15 carries as a team. It wasn't Russell scrambling for his life. Even when they got behind, they stayed within themselves. Uh, Sean Payton managed that game expertly. And Russ Wilson can still be a magician in the fourth quarter like that. He, he's going to look like like a below-grade quarterback for stretches of these games, but can he find Cortland Sutton in the end zone on a perfectly timed jump ball when he's the only guy on the field who can catch it? He's showing he can do that. And with the way they're playing defense right now, from a scoring aspect, that's enough. Um, they know who they are. They don't turn it over themselves. Say which one about Russell Wilson. You can't turn him over these days. You can't. And they're getting, they're feasting on takeaways, and they're not turning it over. And when they stick with it in the run game, they can they can wear you down. They've become an elite time of possession team the last five weeks. They're running the ball, even after not doing it so much against Minnesota. Still, over the last five weeks, they're running the ball as much as anybody. Um, and that plays this time of year. So, yeah, I think you have to take them seriously. I mean, it's an elite head coach. Um, He's going to put those guys in positions where they can keep winning games. So in a, in a, in a, in a year of parody and, and watered down football and all this stuff, <laughs> they've got a quarterback who's won a Super Bowl. Say what you want about him, you know, and they've yep. got a head coach who's won a Super Bowl and they've got a defense that um, is incredibly opportunistic and that is at its best when the field gets short. So, yeah, it's a good thing Andy Reid survived them on that Thursday night. Otherwise, Denver could have an inside run to the division. Let's talk about one other quarterback change in the NFL, and that is Zach Wilson being benched. Tim Boyle is going to start against the Dolphins. We're going to talk more about these Thursday night games coming up here, uh, the Thursday game, should I say, in, in just a second. What took so long, Jason? What, what, what took so long? You tell me, brother. I I don't know. I mean, this is a joke though, because they're they're going to somebody who it's just gonna be thrown to the wolves at this point. Yes. He can't play um, either. We know. They 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 need someone. They no, they, they need a guy who's won some games in the like they should have been that they could have at least brought Flacco back. He was there before. Like it, it it's just it's shameful. Um it's shameful. They've been mismanaged from the beginning. Like, they built the team without an offensive line, period. Like, they got a 40-year-old quarterback and stuck him with no offensive line and a bunch of his hand-picked old players who can't play. It wasn't going to work with Aaron Rodgers. It's definitely not working with Zach Wilson or Boyle. <laughs> you know, like, they're like DeVito is the best starting quarterback in the New York metropolitan area right now. Okay, so that's <laughs> it. Have fun with that, Gang Green. You know, Fireman Ed, <laughs> knock yourself out on yeah, Friday afternoon, it's... brother. You've got no chance. Thanks again, everybody, for being here. We're going to preview the Thanksgiving Day games and the Friday game coming up. Want to remind you to follow us on YouTube at In the Huddle Pod. 
and make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. Jason, great job. As always, happy Thanksgiving to everybody. And make sure you check out our preview, preview to the Thanksgiving Day games, guys. Take care. Twenty four hundred sports is an Odyssey company. 